We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 244 On this episode, we've got some renewal news And then we'll be previewing the 2014 CW Fall TV schedule uh, and then we'll be taking a look at the second season premieres of Sleepy Hollow, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Resurrection, and then the fourth season premiere of Person of Interest. And then also we have some TV recommendations for you at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 244. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Laurel Brown from docbrowntv.com. And Liz Henderson from Nice Girls TV and the fairytalesite.net. All right. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had. (laughs) Oh, I've been had. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. We'll jump right in with uh, a little bit of news. Uh, CBS announced that they have renewed Big Brother for a 17th and 18th season to play next summer and the summer following. And, uh, Good for them, I guess, if you're a Big Brother fan. (laughs) (laughs) There's more of it to come. It will never end. Those are some of the – I went to look to see because it just said that for two more seasons. I was like, well, what seasons are they in? And I was like, wow, there's been that many of them? Because of Big Brother, I didn't recall it had been that long. But then I – I forgot that I didn't they used to do it sort of like Survivor. They were doing like two a year. Not necessarily though. Well, in two thousand early two thousand two, I actually caught a documentary um, on it was a retrospective on Big Brother shows around the world. So by two thousand and two, they already had enough seasons to do that. Just saying. So maybe they have been. I don't know. It just seems like a. (laughs) It seems like a really long time because you you lose track because when you you see like Survivor is on like season twenty eight and then you're like oh well it's actually only been around for fourteen years type of thing. Next up, uh, Lifetime uh, announced they have renewed Devious Maids for a third season, uh, which uh, I'm happy about. I like that show. It's fun. I think it it works really well as as a short season type show. They're able to stay away from. Uh, the problems that Desperate Housewives fell into multiple seasons later when they had to do like 22 or 24 episodes a season. You can get a little out there. But I think uh, either of you watch Devious Maids? No, haven't had a chance yet. You know, I started to. And then, I don't know, I got busy or something. I think it was on, what, Sunday nights? And... I, yeah, and other things came up on Sunday nights, and I just couldn't get Wait, back. Wait, there's other TV on Sunday nights? <laughs> yes, there <Yeah>. is. <laughs> and um, one of these days, I'm going to get, I'm going to like marathon it on somewhere. I'll find it somewhere. I'll find it because I really want to get into it. I really, I really liked it. I liked what I saw, and I like all the the girls on the show. So, I mean, they're you know, I don't know, I. I'm upset with myself because it was a mystery that I wanted to see solved. I love mysteries. Not the mysteries of Laura, just mysteries. <laughs> just, just mysteries in general. Yes. <laughs> uh, and lastly, uh, Sci-Fi has renewed uh, Defiance for a third season and uh, Dominion for a second season. 
and they sort of, I don't know, they sort of hung those out there for a little bit on whether they were gonna, <laughs> whether they were gonna renew those or not. Which I'm surprised about, given all the buzz that there was all the time, every time you know shows were on. I mean, I, I my Twitter feed blew up whenever they were on, and then the next day I'd see, you know, my news, all my news feeds was all talk about, you know whichever show was on that particular night before. So, and I don't know, it seemed to be pretty well liked by critics. So I'm surprised that they, why, what was the delay? I don't, I don't understand. I think sci-fi just likes to take their time with people. I mean, I remember that last year, last year when they were making a decision about renewing Haven, the show had been off the air for two months before they got around to mentioning it. And then they did a huge renewal. So I don't know. They, they do it differently there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I never really saw like how well like Dominion was doing, but De- but Defiance seemed like they put so much into that in the beginning, including the you know the the crossover with the game and you know the giant sets they put together and stuff like that. That it seemed to that they would only end up doing like twenty episodes of it seemed like really just like bizarre. So that seemed like one that unless. Because I thought it was still doing, uh, you know, relatively well, considering you know to how it did in the first season. I think it stayed steady. Yeah, that one. Much. That one seemed like, you know, one of those that like would get an announcement in the middle of a season or something like this is coming back. You know, Dominion being new, that one I can kind of see maybe why they're, you know, they're seeing what else they have coming and and you know, whatever type of things happen behind the scenes. But it just seemed. <laughs> really strange or maybe they just did it so that they could uh if you delay anything now the the core fan base of it will blow up on twitter <laughs> with the you know renew defiance renew dominion uh type of stuff and it's like free advertising for them mm-hmm. <laughs> for like a couple months yeah. while they're sure. while they're sitting there going <laughs> uh we're going to renew it but we're just not going to do it yet. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to let this. We're going to let this play out, and then it'll feel like the fans did something to get us to change our minds or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know it's like some, a- some psychological backroom dealings or something that they're. Uh, yeah, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> just like if you know, just tell us already. Just yeah. yeah. Just shut up and show the show. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, we'll, we'll move to our uh, CW Fall Preview for 2014, and uh, we'll go uh, over the schedule, normally starting with Sundays, but CW doesn't program anything on Sundays, so we'll start with Mondays. Mondays will be the originals starting up on October 6th, and then that'll be followed by new show Jane the Virgin on October 13th. Laurel, what do you think of uh, Jane the Virgin? It seems to be getting, uh, it seems to be making a lot of like top five lists out there for new shows this fall. Yeah, and rightly so. It is by a landslide the biggest surprise for me uh, from the title and the very basic description that they gave <laughs> us initially. I was like, I was assuming I would hate it and think it was stupid, and then it would go away in five minutes. And I wouldn't have to worry. And then I saw the first trailer for it, and my reaction was, wow, this looks kind of cute. And then I watched it, 
and fell in love with it and watched it a couple more times. And now I really want it to happen. Like right now. <laughs> it's like, uh, give me, give me some more episodes. Yeah. I really liked it. It's same, similar vein. Like just from the title, you're just like, what, what is that? What does that even, you know, what does that even mean? What, what, what kind of show is this going to be? And, uh, and then, you know, then you hear, you know, it's, it's built off of that, you know, telenovela, you know, Spanish, like soap opera type of thing. And, uh, the thing that I really liked about it is that they played around with like that idea is it sort of feels like that type of show because they're sort of presenting the show that way, but they're also having fun with that type of show within the show. And it had a lot of, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of things that they set up. It is one of those shows that does make me wonder like how long can you go before those types of things just become too ridiculous. Like right now they're kind of cute and fun, but it had, you know, I don't know. It had a lot of heart. There was a, uh, the lead is super adorable and uh yeah it was definitely definitely like just if you're just reading titles <laughs> and then you know small descriptions of it it's definitely one of those shows that you need to watch you you can't just uh you need to watch to really see what it is uh and and how you know how everything works yeah i mean i think it's a show that I mean, yeah, it's cute and funny and all that, but it is, it's a very good structure and basis for a TV show, I think, because we've got all these characters who are, you know, interrelated. They haven't all interacted with each other yet, but there's a lot of possibility for how they're going to interact. And it's because it's sort of got that fun and light touch to it. It's not going to descend into the soap of insanity. I mean, it's insane, but it's not going to be like people aren't going to be dropping dead of exploding brain syndrome and then their evil twin is going to show up and take their place no things like that it's not gonna be that kind of soap so <laughs> maybe on the show within a show but not on the show itself <laughs> oh that show definitely yeah. yeah the the telenovela they watch on the show definitely that could happen yeah i i just thought that it it did a really good job and with the number of shows that have like voiceovers or things like that this one having sort of the outside narrator as the voiceover was an interesting take and also, but made it, it, that was even kind of fun because it would be like in the middle of, of two characters talking, you know, somebody would say like, not exactly, but basically, you know, but that's another story. And then the narrator would go, that was another story. And it, it went like <laughs> this, you know, and then he'd jump back and start telling you, and then it would flash back and, sh and you would see, uh, you know, what happened then. And, you know, to tie the story around. So they have, you know, just the, the, yeah, like you said, the structure that they have set up, they can jump around, uh, you know, and flashback. They can do a lot of things with the the way they've set it up. And it's also one of those shows that, like, everybody has, like, a piece of knowledge that yeah. if they could just share it with, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that uh, by the end of the episode, you you can see all the connections, but everybody else doesn't really know all the connections, but they, they're so close, you know, to knowing mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. So Liz, you haven't seen it, but uh, you mentioned that you had no real interest in seeing it. No, uh, 
Oh, I and uh, you know what? Laurel's not the first person that I heard described as, you know, there's no way I'm going to ever watch this thing because it just sounds stupid. Um, you're not the first person that I heard say that and ended up seeing it and loving it and thought it was really cute and good idea and, and it's going to stick with it. I just don't want to invest the time. I don't <laughs> really care about Jane the Virgin. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want to don't fall in care. love with another show. There's too many of them already. I don't want it. <laughs> I already saw I already saw my half hour cute warm fuzzy show that I fell in love with that I'm not ever gonna give up. <laughs> it's not half uh, an hour if it makes you feel <laughs> What? It's a full hour. <laughs> it is? No. Yeah, See, that's no. how much I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I don't know. I think I mean, I definitely think it's a show that's worth a try and worth a, taking a chance on, although, you know, everyone has their choices and stuff. But one of the things, I mean, for me, like, because, I mean, uh, Jason was talking about the voiceover and everything before. For me, that was like pushing dates. It was the same sort of like cutely bizarre narrator structure. I don't know. I just thought the whole yeah, thing it does. Was- it does sort of have that, that sort of, yeah, that outside, uh, that outside voice narrator that it does kind of come across a little bit like that that uh, that sort of whimsical nature of the the yeah. story flow and stuff. You know, nobody's coming back from the dead or anything, but uh, <laughs> everybody's allowed to touch each other. But other than that, <laughs> well, you know, plus it's on Monday nights, and Monday nights are so loaded for me right now. There's no way I would even I can't even record it. <laughs> you need yeah. a bigger DVR. <laughs> I got three in my house. You no, know, and everybody's got to watch something that's their favorite. And I can only do so much. Mondays is loaded for me, so there's just no way. That's fair. We'll move on to Tuesdays. Tuesdays will start with The Flash starting up on October 7th. And then that'll be followed by. What is it, like the 10th season now? 11th season? Where are we at in Supernatural? Uh, (laughs) I think it's 10. Yeah, the 10th season of Supernatural will also be starting up on October 7th. Or how will they kill Dean this time? (laughs) Well, they don't need to kill him. I mean, they just killed him. They don't need to kill him again anytime soon. I mean, he only needs to to die once or twice a season. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you got to give fair time to his brother. Exactly. I mean, they have to trade off who's going to die next. Yeah. And, I mean, Dean just died, so it's Sam's turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, al- <laughs> the alternating death brothers. That's pretty uh, much. <laughs> that's how they should, they should just rename the series. <laughs> uh, well, Liz, on the new show front, are you looking forward to The Flash? I am. Very much so. I am so excited about that show. But I'm I'm a superhero geek and a new one too because I never thought it was in me. <laughs> you know. But but I saw I mean I didn't see anything other than the trailers that they've put out and just from what they've shown in there I'm all I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, that's me. The Flash. So what do you think about The Flash, Laurel, being such a big Green Arrow fan? Yeah, um, I've been looking forward to The Flash since last December when they did the 
Um, let's bring Barry Allen in for a couple of episodes. Things. That's pretty much when I decided I was going to watch The Flash um, <laughs> before they even made the pilot. That's when I was. Gonna, that's when I decided to watch it. So it wasn't really a hard sell for me, and the pilot didn't disappoint. It's. Uh, I mean, it's just. First of all, Barry Allen is completely adorable, and I want to like see him playing with puppies and saving the world and stuff. <laughs> like he's that kind of cute. And the shows, I mean. It's kind of nice, especially when you've got like the new shows like Gotham and Constantine that are good, but they're really, really super dark. And all of the superhero movies are getting as dark as it is possible to get. Flash is like happy. I mean, he's there's criminals and stuff, but he gets to save the world and the city and he gets to have superpowers. And it's kind of nice that he that like the show realizes that this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh while it takes place in this you know the same world as Arrow, the the one thing that's different is sort of like uh, Barry Allen saves people during the day, you know, type of thing. It's not <laughs> it's not always dark out and 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 everything. It, it does have a little bit uh, a little bit you know a little even though there it's not like you know it's not like a a, a story about a kid who has had his father put away for his mother's murder, even though he doesn't believe that that's what happened, you know, knows that didn't happen and has had, you know, a bit of a, you know, a tough life in some situations growing up, you know, that with that backstory, it's not like it's super, super, super happy, but just the tone of the show, it doesn't feel quite as, you know, dark and brooding, uh, as Arrow and that, you know, there might be a few more, uh, quips and, and, fun bits about it. it it did it did seem that way to me it was of all the new shows for for network tv uh it was my favorite pilot to me it was one of those shows that you're watching and you just sort of had a smile on your face the whole time it was just enjoyable and fun and you wanted to see you know more of these characters and and find out more about you know what happened and how these people got their their powers and and uh you yeah. know all these all these things uh, revolving around that, you know, the the mystery of of what happened to, you know, his mother. All these things they set up some, you know, they set up some really long term things like series long story arcs, and then they set up uh, some, you know, more, uh, you know, like season long things, and and then just you'll you'll be getting, you know, sort of the some of it will be a little bit bad guy of the week uh, <laughs> that they'll be tracking down, but it looks like they're going to have. It'll be more uh, people with other types of abilities and stuff like that that he's going to be going up against, so they can have fun with that. And then just some of those things that I've heard or you know seen the first nine episodes of like both this and Arrow with you know some they're going to have like some minor crossovers and then a major crossover event around like episode seven or something, and then they're both going to end on like their own. Like around episode nine, with their own sort of mid-season, you know, early mid-season sort of finales, it just sounds it just sounds really like the fall is going to be really good for for comic fans, <laughs> or superhero um, fans. Now I have to get viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it should be all. <laughs> 
that's really what it comes down to with these shows. They just look like they're going to be so awesome and so much fun and everything like that. Like, I'm not sure if this is going to be deep, meaningful television um, on The Flash, but it is, but that's okay. It doesn't always have to be deep and meaningful. I'm interested to see if The Flash can become the first show on the CW to sort of break out. Could be. It's, uh, you know, above that. A really good week on the CW is if you hit like maybe like four million viewers or something like that. Yep. But you know, usually somewhere in the threes is like where they where a lot of their you know even like Arrow and stuff like that top out at. Uh, I'm interested to see if something with like name value, the Flash that has you know more name value, uh, you know known out there among the general population than you know something like Arrow did, and I'm wondering if it can get out there enough that maybe. A few more people will actually find out where the CW is on there. That would be awesome because really the CW has been kind of killing it yeah. the last couple of years. I find it shocking the number of people who refuse to watch anything on that network because that's the network where there's teenage dramas and yeah. nothing else. That's the, see, well, that's the thing is that's the network where there were teenage dramas. You know, yeah. Even, well, you know, even, even <laughs> now – some of the shows that were teenage dramas, like The Vampire Diaries, <laughs> yeah, they're older they're, now. They're all college age now, so uh, that doesn't even qualify anymore. Uh, the Originals doesn't qualify. Jane the Virgin doesn't qualify. Uh, you know, Supernatural is never qualified. They've always been, you know, older than teens. Uh, Heart of Dixie doesn't qualify. Uh, there's <laughs> the only thing that did qualify. They canceled uh, with the. Uh, whatever the Sex in the City prequel thing, uh, right? That that was on there. That was the only like the only show recently. You know, the hundred. They're all. Uh, there's some that are close to, you know, to teens, but a lot of them are really in, you know, their early twenties or, and then there's you know there's a whole adult side of the cast, uh, yeah. on on that. You know, so it's yeah, it's one of those things that is like, that's like so five years ago. You know, right. Type. And even They're all that, over on ABC Family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is famous, but I mean, when you're going around beheading people and determining the fates of nations, I don't know if you can really call it a teen drama. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, they're yeah. running half of Europe. They're, they're busy teenagers. Yeah, Rain's the only show that really has sort of like teenagers. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that's 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 like the only one really but yeah that's a little a little more but anyways yeah that's uh that's tuesday uh wednesday will be arrow starting up on october 8th and uh that'll be followed by the hundred as of october 22nd which was one of the better new shows of last season yep liz did you watch the hundred uh i watched the first couple episodes <laughs> Well, so you didn't really watch it long enough to see the full-on murder, death, war, genocide. No. The, yeah. No. It went, it went insane. <laughs> but, like, it's not like I didn't want to. That's another one of those shows that I just, you know, guys, over the last six months, I moved to another state. <laughs> And I, and I and it's been crazy and it's been weird and I haven't TV what's that <laughs> I'm just this fall season is probably the most excited I've been in a long time because 
I've actually kind of been out of it for a little while. So I'm actually excited to get back into it again. <laughs> Good way to do it. Yeah. Well, the the hundred is one to you know to potentially catch up on because the first season's only thirteen episodes, and uh, and while the first, I have to say the first couple episodes do have that little bit of uh, while there's a lot of other interesting things happening, they do have a little bit more of that sort of teen drama y thing, but they <laughs> sort of grow out of that quickly where that where there is that type of stuff, you know, there's some love triangles and things like that going on, but you know. That happens on pretty much every TV show. Right. But it doesn't become like the focus. It's sort of things that are also happening amongst uh, a much bigger problems that they're dealing with, both on the uh, both on the arc, you know, the, where the many of the adults still are and uh, and their children on the ground. But, yeah, that that one that one was really good. And then Arrow Arrow as well. I think that's <laughs> I think that's just a great night of TV for the CW right there. Arrow followed by the hundred is uh, super intense night of TV though. <laughs> yeah. You may need to watch like an, an ABC comedy afterwards. <laughs> yeah, like, like watch Seriously. Arrow and then throw in like the Goldbergs or something before <laughs> dropping in on the hundred. You may need to decompress because it's just like even thinking about that. I'm like, whoa, brain is gonna like overload, and I'm gonna have to like sit in a corner and rock or something. So. <laughs> All right, and then uh, CW Thursdays will be The Vampire Diaries, uh, starting up on October 2nd, and that'll be followed by Rain, starting up on October 2nd. I never got into Rain. It, it was just like, that That was that one was just like one show too many type of thing. I was just like, I watched the first one, I was like, eh. That one really did fall more on the, I don't know, the that type of historical drama or whatever set around... It just didn't interest me enough to to keep up with that one, but for whatever reason, I'm still watching the Vampire Diaries. There is help. There's help. <laughs> My name is Jason, and I'm a TV holic. I can't. I can't seem to. It's one of those shows that it was really good. I mean, it was really, really good in the in the beginning, but now they still do a lot of the same things that made it good. It's just that they're the same things they've right. it, it was great in the beginning because they were burning through all kinds of story and it was moving really fast and you never knew what was quite going to happen next and now they've gone through so many things that as they keep trying to top themselves or do other things things become even uh you know become too ridiculous or uh or not as you know un- you know the show is not quite as unpredictable you can see you know where things are going now a lot of times more more often but but I don't know it's one of those things it's like once you've put in a certain amount of time you're like you sort of just keep going with it it, it it's hard to uh, uh it's it's hard to chop some of those shows off because you, you keep like hoping it it was good it was really good it can do that again <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they know how anymore, to be honest. I, I just, I, 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 you know, I stopped watching The Vampire Diaries a couple seasons ago, but I read one of our girls on Nice Girls TV. She she watches it faithfully and she recaps them. So I read the recaps and what's going on. And it's become like I get out my popcorn and my soda and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> 
And I laughed through the whole thing because it's just so freaking ridiculous. How? I don't If you are out of ideas, simply admit, I'm out of ideas. Let's give it. Let's just stop. You know, like they did with True Blood. <laughs> Two or three seasons too late. Out of ideas. <laughs> let's stop making this show. Let's stop putting people in misery. <laughs> I don't I just I I I don't know. And it makes me sad because like you said it it was very good. I faithfully watched it every week. I hung on every word that was said. And it got to where it was okay. Lather rinse repeat. Lather rinse repeat. <laughs> I I'm, I I I couldn't do it anymore. I just I didn't care about Elena. I, I didn't care at all. I was hoping that when she got turned vampire, I'd like her more. I hated her even more. <laughs> yeah, she didn't get fun enough. She's like, just so so she whiny. Yeah. She should have been really, really fun. That's the thing. Like she got to be she's a vampire, okay, now she can be fun. And yeah. they just and they just made her either really feeling bad about everything and stuff. Or else, totally evil, and everyone has to stop her. There wasn't really any in between. The in between is where it's fun. That's like that's why the show always worked. Is they had people who were not really that great, but kind of evil, but kind of not evil. Like just not evil enough that you could love them, but evil enough that they were totally interesting and you wanted to see what they're going to do next. I think they've gotten away from that to a certain extent too. Well, and then what is it with killing somebody and then bringing them back? If you were going to kill a character off, one one that people love, be brave and leave them dead. Like Alaric. <laughs> I'm thinking of Alaric. Now he's back and, oh, he's a teacher again. What? His show, you know, his show that he left for originally died a quick death and they finally, <laughs> they finally <laughs> brought him back. No, but uh, it was just so I, – I just can't. And yeah, I, well, that's, that's I true in a show lot. like this. They've set up – you know, they've set up this otherworldly thing where, you know, certain beings go and stuff like that and they could end up traveling before. But then it also brings back the questions is like, well, when – like, you know, Alaric's back, but why couldn't they bring – you know, why weren't they able to get other people to come back? You know, like <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. – but – that that stuff becomes because you know either those people didn't want to come to the show or they didn't really have anything to do to you know if they brought them back or uh you know it but it but it just becomes weird like if you're going to bring this person back why wouldn't you have also you know brought back all the other people that had some sort of ability that died and ended up in this nether region i don't yeah. know <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know either I don't know. The Thursday CW shows have kind of turned into the save them on the DVR until I want something to put on to binge while I'm doing other stuff. Yeah, until that week where there's a few <laughs> other shows that you normally watch that aren't on that week. Oh, or, you know, the summer. Uh, yeah, you just... <laughs> last season of Rain yet. I'm just, not there. <laughs> you just... I actually have a couple of seasons of things that got saved up over the last season that I, my plan was to watch them over the summer and then I still didn't watch them. So that doesn't always work either, but we'll move on to Fridays, which uh, Fridays uh, right now 
CW has Whose Line Is It Anyway repeats, and that is followed by uh, America's Next Top Model, uh, which will move to Friday nights as of October 3rd. Right. Those shows exist. Yeah, that that that, that show's still on. Uh, yep. That's that's one of those weird things that networks do. It's like, okay, you start a show early, but why would you start it on a different night and people watching it <laughs> if they're actually watching it over? And then you're like, oh, now we're going to move over here when all of our good stuff starts. And uh, <laughs> we're going we're to shuffle it off to uh, uh, to Friday nights. I don't know. That's, uh, that's the CW. <laughs> Uh, they've actually got some, you know, they've actually got some good stuff coming. Oddly enough, as I, you know, as I said, like Jane the Virgin has popped up on a lot of top five lists. Mm-hmm. So is The Flash. So like uh, the CW has two, just, you know, two new shows that are, they're premiering uh, this fall. And in the greater, you know, TV critics and bloggers and stuff out there, they seem to be making a lot of, uh, you know, the top five list type of things. That's kind of pretty interesting in itself, uh, especially from, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like the upper echelon of TV critics to actually, <laughs> you know, to actually be saying something good about a show on the CW is kind of an, just kind of an interesting thing in and of itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been an awful lot of reviews that have been along the lines of, wow, I might actually watch this, even if it is on the CW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can still exist and be a good show and can still be all right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how good something has to be to actually get CW haters to watch the network because it seems to need a lot. Yeah. Well, people still call The Good Wife the best drama on broadcast. You know, like like that it, it doesn't even qualify, you know, some of the best cable dramas. It doesn't it doesn't meet the, those specifications or whatever. Whatever it is that makes a cable, you know, one of the top cable dramas Where? that, that like, you know, that they still get that caveat, that, that caveat. And you're just like, no, the good wife is a good show. Just <laughs> in general, it's one of the best shows on TV. I, I think not, not just, you know, the best drama on, you know, network TV. Yeah. It does make it complicated. People, people like edgy, edgy TV with lots of sex and swearing and violence. And well, that's on and that's what's popular right now, and that's what's on cable. It's, so. Well, yes and no. It's like people do like that stuff, and you know people are watching that stuff, but yet a hit drama on cable still pales in comparison a lot of times uh, with the number of people watching it to what is considered a crappy show on on broadcast. Uh, you know, there's things like, you know, The Walking Dead that, you know, that get into the double digit millions, uh, you know, but the, a lot of these shows, you know, Breaking Bad didn't bust into those top numbers until its final episodes. Uh, Mad Men has never gotten those, type of, you know, if it hits two million, it's doing good. You know, there's a lot of the, the upper echelon cable dramas, even these, you know, the shows right now of like, uh, you know, that people are sort of touting things like the Nick or masters of sex. There's not a lot of people actually watching those. Right. And so that's, that's the thing I always find interesting is they, is sometimes TV critics denigrate some of the stuff that's on network TV uh, as not being, not being challenging enough or not doing something interesting enough 
yet a lot of those shows that they tout as doing those things, nobody's watching them, you know, so in comparison. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Not everything has to be – some things can just be entertaining, which is the thing I most like in my TV shows is 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 to actually be entertained by them. If I want real life drama, I'll just go about living my real life. And my real life drama is never as dramatic as cable series. <laughs> yeah. I have yet to be attacked by zombies, and I'm not involved in any sex studies, and I'm not a turn of the century surgeon with personal issues. I mean, my life is not that dramatic. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our uh, that's our CW preview, and we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment. And uh, first up, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Season 2, Episode 1, This is War. I'll start with you, Laurel. What did you think of uh, Sleepy Hollow? Sleepy Hollow is awesome. It's <laughs> 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 insane in the best possible way. I mean, they spent how many, like, what percentage of the show was spent on a fake-out? I mean, that thing went on for like 10 minutes with them just going on and, you know, breaking plans and doing stuff, this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, wait, this was just a fake out so that the bad guy could get the information that he needs. And by the way, you're still stuck underground and she's still stuck and she's still stuck in purgatory. Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) That was amazing. Well, it was, was, you know, they played on that, you know, so many shows do time jumps, you know, where they actually start you out. You know, and then maybe jump back to show you how, uh, you know, you got to that point or whatever. And so you're I was watching it going, is this real? This seems a little off. Like there's something (laughs) this doesn't seem quite right. And then and then finally, you know, they realized it, too. You know, that. (laughs) but yeah, but then, you know, the whole thing of I love how they they blend in you know, historical events. <laughs> Ichabod's been around everybody cool from the, from the past. And he hates <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> he's close to George Washington. He, he was basically like Ben Franklin's intern for a little bit. You know, lots of, uh, lots of cool stuff. I, they just have a lot of fun with that, that type of stuff. But even with all that craziness, I think the thing is, is that, the show takes it seriously and the characters take it seriously and the characters are very well developed. And like, yeah, it's almost, doesn't matter like what's going on around them. You want to see how Abby and Ichabod are going to interact and deal with, you know, whatever. And if they weren't as good at characters and as, you know, uh, written as well and acted as well, then the show would not be, you know, it would just be weird. They would just be a bunch of weird stuff, weird mystery, because some of the times all that stuff almost doesn't even matter. Uh, I mean, there's a fight scene in the next episode that is so (laughs) awesome, but yet so crazy. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. But yet in the in the world of this show and and the other things they've got going on, uh, you you like totally buy it (laughs) and you just want to like, you know, see what you know, what Abby and Ichabod are going to get up to next while trying to save, you know, uh, the the world from the coming apocalypse. Uh, what do you think, Liz? I, I 
I loved it. I loved it. I I thought it was hilarious that Ichabod hated Franklin so much. <laughs> he just couldn't. And uh, it was so funny. And here and you know, just knowing that you know the reaction of like Abby and um not even Abby um Jenny to you know to the way he talked about Benjamin Franklin, you know, I mean, who, how do we think of him? You know, he's an icon. He's a historical figure that everybody knows and loves. And here's Ichabod Crane. What? Yeah. This guy is a self-righteous, pompous ass. <laughs> Which, when it gets down to it, he probably was. <laughs> yeah, that was... It just made me laugh so much. I, I loved it. It's just, and I loved um, that, some of the things that fans are like, you know, oh, you need to put a put a gun nick about his hand, put him behind the wheel of a car, and they kind of do that a little bit, and he boffs it all up because he doesn't know what he's doing, you know. <laughs> well, that that was fun in the opening too, where you were just like, she was, you know, she's like, remember what we've been all the the training we've been doing. He's got his crossbow, and <laughs> and they're they're going in and they're clearing the <laughs> clearing the place, and that was yeah, that was all. Uh, they did a lot of, of fun stuff with that. Uh, and then also the, yeah, like he, he figures that out enough to like ram a van through or the, you know, <laughs> in, to save Jenny, but has no idea how to get it back out. Of... Push it on the dashboard as if he could get what's her name from OnStar back again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Help me. Help me. But that was, that was, that was funny. Then, the, but also like the little moments where he sort of, uh, uh, gives Jenny a hard time for not being at his fake birthday party, <laughs> you know, in the dream world. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, the only thing I'm, I'm not liking so much is, is like the new sheriff in town. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, we did that last season. Yeah. We had to bring like somebody on board to, to realize that it's not just, you know, you know, we're, you know, she's good at dealing with, you know, cartel violence and, and, and you know drug traffickers and whatnot and so she's been brought in to to figure out what's going on and and you're just like do we are we gonna do that again where we have to sort of we're keeping it secret from this person but you keep having to do all these weird things and uh and then trying to, to explain them and how long before she like finally sees something right you know? right because <laughs> you know like, what's gonna happen you i know. mean i mean yeah. the pilot the pilot episode had a headless machine gunning, you know, horseman yep. <laughs> on Main Street. Is like, how has nobody heard about this? Well, you know, it's Westchester County. They get ten. Is Westchester? I don't know. It's somewhere in suburban New York. You know, they get very. You know, they're they're oriented towards. They've got the city at the doorsteps, and you know, they they're used to things being a little bit crazy. A little far away, they ignore it. I don't know. I, that's as close as I've come yeah, up with any. We can, well, we can come up with uh, some more thoughts on uh, alternate explanations for weird things once we talk about uh, resurrection in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing that I have to question, though, and I'm really disappointed. The actress that plays Katrina, I'm sorry, I forget her name right now, but I really like her a lot. And in a whole season, she was in purgatory. And now... She gets out at the end of this only to go back. So what? Are we going to have another season of Katrina in Purgatory? I hope. Oh, I'll be I'm kind of over. 
I really wanted her out and like working alongside Nickabot. She can't really. That's the weird thing. If she she gets out, where where place? Because well, she's out. She's not. She's back in there with with what's his name. She's out. They're just no, hanging she, out. There. She's she's out of purgatory, but she's just under the control of the alternate head or headless horseman, <laughs> depending on uh, whatever magical spell or potion you're under that you can see his head. Uh, they're they're actually out and about somewhere because she got out at the he got her out at the end of uh, last time, but that left uh, Abby in. Well. Oh, I saw that, but I thought that he, I don't know, for some reason I thought she was big. It doesn't matter. She's still ca- captive. <laughs> yeah. True. It doesn't matter. She's still nowhere. Right. She's still, now she's tied to a chair, having to, you know, look at, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, you're not going to be happy with next week's episode or tonight. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably not, but. You know, it's just a little thing. It, it, all the other stuff is so good. It just it's kind of glosses over all the – and I hope they do something better with it. I, you know, it's still early days. I get it. But – and I thought it was kind of cheesy how they, you know, were able to let her – allow her to see um, headless – the headless's head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like as a whole person, you know. <laughs> it was kind of cheesy, but what else were they going to do? Yeah, because the uh, yeah, the, otherwise you got to have the headless guy walking around all the time, <laughs> and she's talking to an empty space. Yeah, that's you know. either a, that's either a special effect or an actual guy walking around in a headless costume. Yeah, it's Very weird. Uh, it's weird, but it's Sleepy Hollow, so who cares? Pretty much, uh, these are the same guys that wrote Fringe, so I'm I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a you know, there's a few little things here and there that but for the most part it's just uh it's just fun to watch. Yeah. It, well, it, and it's entertaining. But it's another show that kind of moves at 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 a pace. Uh they and while there might be like the crisis of the week, they all play into the bigger story. So mm-hmm. it is, you know, they keep pushing, you know, each thing sort of pushes everything forward. Uh, so there's always like forward momentum. Uh, you 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 don't feel like you're just uh, you know that they're just solving the weird thing of the week for no you know just because that's the weird thing this week. Yeah. Uh, so they do a good job of tying it into the overall stuff. But yeah, that's uh that's Sleepy Hollow, and we'll move on to Marvel's Agents of Shield season two episode one, uh, Shadows. Liz, what did you think of? Uh, the second season premiere of, of shield. This is a show I watched literally on the edge of my seat. And I'm just so excited about every scene because I, I'm, I'm in love with this show and they, and they do such a good job of um, pleasing. I think they do a good job pleasing the comic book fans in some of the things that like a certain shot of one of the characters you know, or a certain line that was said. You know. And you know, I really like, I really like this, the premiere. I think that it set up the rest of the season really well as far as, you know, what's what's going to become of, you know, everybody. You know, just Colson is director now, right? right. Yeah, director Colson. So he's going to handle. Plus, he's got. 
weird stuff going on in his head. What's going to happen with Sky? It kind of touched on that too. What is she? Her, you know, her lineage. What's that going to do? It's her. Um, and Fitz, the heart wrencher. Fitz, are they are they seriously going to keep him there like that? Where's Simmons? Is Simmons going to come back at all? Just all these things that they, I don't know. They said really well. I I'm gonna keep watching until the show ends. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's it just brings out the geek in me. And I and I I have to admit I watch this show while I'm on Twitter because I follow all the the actors from the show on Twitter. And it's it just I think it adds to the show. I often have to watch it again because I'm so dis. Because they are so freaking funny, <laughs> they are they are so hilarious. I, I just, sometimes I think they're more entertaining than the show. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it's it's um, they just add add an extra spice. That's all. Um, I loved it. It was great. What do you think, Laurel? I really liked it. I mean, I have to admit, Shield was one of those shows that. I watched when it first came out, and then I kind of let it back up on my DVR a bit, and then my DVR died, so I lost all of the backed-up episodes. And then when I got a new DVR, I didn't really start watching it again, and so I only did start watching it again when someone told me that the last like quarter or third or whatever of the season was really, really good. I started watching it again, um, starting with, you know, like the movie Influx and all the... Um, Hydra stuff and all that. And yeah, it was really good. So I got, so I was quite excited about it. So I was not, you know, I like the show, but I'm not quite on the devotion train. Um, like some people are. So, um, sort of when I think I probably went into this a little more skeptic. Some, you know, the show had for me a lot of ups and downs and things. And overall, I really liked, it. I did like the whole new, I like that they have something to do this season. Like they actually have, definable enemies and danger and all this like where it's like it's really definite to do stuff and they've got all these problems i mean the whole fit thing was really and first of all it's well done beyond all like that was one of the best person isn't really that person isn't really their thing at the scene in a long time i did not catch it like one bitch watching that i completely and totally thought she was really there until they said she wasn't yeah um that was so so brilliantly done. Yeah, because you were like, uh, you were like, you know, even when she was like, you know, putting her hand on his shoulder and stuff like that, and and you were like, you thought it might be, you were like, that that seems a little weird, but yet, you know, he's not doing all that well, so maybe she's, you know, a little more, uh, and they didn't have too many other scenes uh, where there was somebody else for you to realize that they never addressed her. Right. And and so yeah they uh, yeah the the sixth sense of it all uh, worked pretty well <laughs> yeah. yeah and and you know left them in in an interesting uh, you know interesting spot of like how yeah how long you know are they going to find something that'll you know help him get better or or, or what what's all going to happen there but on the other side it's giving him something interesting to uh, oh yeah you know, to play I like a lot of the setup I like the opening and how they tied it in with the uh, you know, Agent Carter and, you know, something that they had found way back when. Uh, I like that they put a face to the potential major bad guy of the season because they weren't waiting 
for a movie you know, to, 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 before they could really uh, – I still think they could have put a face to the bad guy without revealing that he was Hydra, uh, you know, last season. But but yet they, you know, they've, they've put a face to, you know, the potential overall bad guy. They've got, you know, other problems and – and things the the thing that bothers me most uh even with within this though is the whole a team of it all <laughs> and how long are we really going to be watching this uh group that you know is going out and helping people while the military's trying to track them down and yet they're going to somehow always get away uh type of thing and i was like that's the a team that's I don't I don't want to watch Colonel Decker tracking down the A team week after week necessarily especially after this first episode in which I get a little bit while he would be you know wanting to track people down at first but then when they offer to help and then turn out to be correct to still be like we're going to track all these people down it just really bothers me yeah, they have to have they have to give that more of a reason to yeah, substantiate I don't get, that. I don't get his reasoning for tracking down. Uh, you know, I get his re- in initial reasoning uh, of trying to figure out who was good or bad within you know the the organization, and you know, trying to track down Hydra and you know the bad people that were within Shield. Uh, but not everybody. But the whole idea that like everybody within Shield was bad is ridiculous. But then his whole. Like he's been promoted, he's been promoted to like brigadier general. So like he can't go any higher, really, you know. So like I don't even get like what his motivation is for like continuing, uh, you know, to be out there and stuff. Like he already got, you know, he already went from being basically Colonel Decker to you know to the general. Uh, so that that whole aspect of the show, I don't, I'm not really. Uh, looking forward to, but the other things that they have set up, you know, like what is the, what is the code stuff or whatever that, uh, you know, that, that Coulson has been writing on the wall and, and, you know, all, all that type of, you know, some of those other, you know, mysteries and, and, uh, and, and the idea of going out and, you know, them actually tracking down, you know, all these different, uh, uh, Hydra cells. And then also the idea of the story of rebuilding shield, uh, leading up to wherever Shield will be as part of the the, you know, the next Avengers movie, there's got to be story leading up to that. Uh, I think could be interesting. Uh, the one question I I had for both of you is, what did you think about the sort of Hannibal Lecter of Ward uh, as being behind bars and helping? You know, <laughs> they need to get him out of the out of the sub sub basement or river, whatever dungeon he's in. Really soon, it was. I liked the I liked it when he was. I mean, I really liked Ford once he turned evil. I yeah. want him to go like crazy now. So yeah, <laughs> I think but it's he like he's either it. needed to like stay completely evil or whatever. But they seem to be trying to redeem him by he he's now once he was caught and has realized everything. He tried to kill himself twice, uh, and you know they they seem to be trying to. I I just see there's going to be a future episode. <laughs> where the only way they can solve it is to let him out to go on the mission. <laughs> and and then we'll see, I guess, whether he really is going to help them out or try and get away or all that type of stuff. I don't know. It just, that that's, I don't know. They sort of telegraphed that what it looked like was going to happen there. But to me, he doesn't feel like a, a redeemable character. He like, 
He's the one that did that to Fitz. He's the, yeah. he's yeah. the one that killed multiple agents and uh-huh. and did some really bad things once he knew what his mentor was actually up to. I get it on some level of his, you know, this guy got him and, and trained him and saved him from, you know, the life that he was heading down. And, you know, he's become this top agent and, you know, would do whatever. But then when he find out that that guy was crazy and was really just out to try and save his own life and all of this, you know, all the stuff that had been going on and all the stuff that he'd been doing, but then he still kept doing it. That, that to me, like pushed him over the point of, even if he's like really, really sorry now and tried to off himself, I'm not quite like, yeah, let's bring him back on the team at some point. You know, the, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to get my head around that if that's the direction they're going. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How, how much do they expect us to be able to trust him now? True. Yeah. I mean, I think I think personally, if I want him out of the dungeon, I don't think this is me redeemed or anything like that. I want him to be out of the dungeon, like in shackles or in like the hand collector, like movable straight jacket mask chair or something like that. Just because, I mean, I just like him talking to people and not wasting away in a dungeon somewhere. So, but yeah, he's definitely got a lot of work to do if he wants to ever be redeemed. He's certainly not close. There was just a couple of aspects of the, of the show that kind of, I was like, really, is that really where that you're going to go that? And are we really going to like, how long are we really going to, are they going to be fugitives on the run while trying to, uh, you know, rebuild shield those two things, not huge fans of, but a lot of the other stuff that they set up and the episode in general was, was, was really good. But it, but it played a lot like the original pilot, which was really good. You know, you had like a super powered being, you know, or somebody with abilities uh, in the episode, which always makes the episodes a little more interesting and stuff. But it seems like with some of the things that they set up that they can go forward with, like you said, an actual purpose as as they move forward, where last season they were put together as this team and while there seemed to be these bigger things out there, they never seemed to focus on any of those. It always seemed like it was just week to week they were doing something. And then all of a sudden, oh, they tied together. But this this looked like a little bit better uh, potential for the second season to... They sort of identified some things from the beginning. And hopefully we'll be... Those will be the things we're pursuing on a weekly basis. And the things that we're pursuing, you know each week tie into those things. Kind of like we were talking about with Sleepy Hollow, where the sort of case of the week actually ties in and it provides forward momentum for the overall story. See, I kind of liked last season how they ended up, after the movie came out, they ended up with the the um, the theme of it's all connected. You know, and I still kept seeing people going, I don't know why they're doing this and it doesn't make any sense and it's all disconnected and people are like, I'm... T- show because it just doesn't make but nobody paid it but nobody paid attention to how everybody the showrunners the actors everybody was saying it's all connected just stay with us yeah but that well that was the problem though they they could have done a better job of of doing things you know like the clairvoyant could have been uh without you find you know without the reveal of who the clairvoyant was and that he was attached, and that you know he was attached to Shield or to Hydra. 
they could have made that a bigger story point. It it just seemed like an afterthought a lot of times at the beginning of the season. It was like there was this project and that project and this thing, but they were they were just coming along and even though some of the things even started to look like they would you know tie together once they come across you know like the flowers girl again in uh wherever they were with the guy that shoot shot fire out of his hands you know and you start you would think from then on out that you might be looking at something bigger but they didn't seem to be looking at the i don't know it just seemed like the the overall bad guy should have been a little bit more prominent in what they were going after than than it was in the first part of last season and and that it all ended up being connected is fine but because they had to wait till so long deep in the season because they were waiting for the movie it made the first half of the season it it just took too long to get to seeing any connections yeah i agree all right with that we'll move on to a person of interest uh season four episode one panopticon which uh laurel doesn't watch sorry but uh but you said but laurel you said you had an explanation of the title well, I mean, not necessarily in the context of the episode, because like I said, I didn't actually watch it. But the Panopticon is like, it's from uh, I don't know, sociology or anthropology or what, but it, the idea is it's this room, room that was originally designed for prisons, where the guards can sit in the middle of the prison and see everything at the same time. Um, so it's sort of like a guard tower right in the middle of the prison. And you can look at every direction and you can observe everything at all times and therefore keep order at all times. And there was a lot of stuff in the century finding schools and other institutions that way so that control, like maximum control could be maintained at all times, which seems like it would probably work really well for something like person of interest with their, you know, omniscient computers. So like I said, I have no idea how it ties into the episode, but I thought it was a cool title. So what do you think of the uh, the return for season four, Liz? The return for season four? Of, of Persons of Interest. I don't watch it. You don't watch it? No. <laughs> well, I thought you said that everything on the list was good then. No, I said I didn't watch Person of Interest. Oh, I'm pretty sure did I, I did, didn't that? I? I don't know. I, I must have read that wrong if you did. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I <laughs> – no, I don't watch Person of Interest. All right. Well, sorry. Sorry. Usually I don't put a show on the list where I'm the only one that's watched it. <laughs> that doesn't make Sorry. for much of a, a conversation. But I'll just say real quick that uh, I, I thought it was pretty good uh, considering where they left everybody at the end of last season with, you know, the new sort of like bigger batter, uh, sort of omniscient computer system out there, you know, controlled by sort of the bad guys where they – They've created a situation where it can't find them as of right now, as long as they sort of kind of just maintain normal lives. Uh, but this episode was all about setting up uh, a new way, you know, for them to communicate, finding a new place that they could operate out of, you know, getting some characters back on board to get on, you know, helping people out. And, uh, and, and I think some of it may come, you know, like the, like you were mentioning the title that, it may come from you know sort of the place that they ultimately end up uh, that the one of the main characters finally gets back on board and uh, finds sort of a new place for them to operate out of, and then yeah like the you know the computers and stuff give them the ability to you know see lots of things coming that not 
you know, that not anybody else can see. But I thought it, they did a good job of, of resetting things and putting, you know, some characters in new places and with, you know, sort of a bigger danger out there for them than just the original, you know, than the original things they were dealing with. But putting the show back, I thought they did a good show of putting the show back together so that they can do the help each, help a new person out each week uh, type of storyline without, but uh, while also dealing with this bigger, you know, this bigger problem that they have now. But overall, you know, and a good show. One of one of the more interesting shows, uh, you know, some of the some of the CBS shows with that have their procedural. They got the case of the week element, but they continue to add in shows that with things like elementary and person of interest that either have you know a sci-fi ish bent to them or just a bigger overall story. Where while you can watch just one episode, there are actual things happening that progress story overall story along. Uh, more so than things like, uh, you know, a CSI or an NCIS do. So it, it's sort of an interesting hybrid of of adding in new elements to the shows that, like, CBS is known for. And with that, uh, move on to uh, Resurrection, Season 2, Episode 1, uh, Revelation. And, uh, Liz, you did watch this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't because I was watching something else. Were you watching Once Upon a Time? Watching with with no no, I was watching last week's witches so I could watch the finale, <laughs> which is of East End. But I have to watch that too. <laughs> but no, I but I can talk as far as Resolution is concerned. I'm scared. I here's a show that I again I loved it like last season. Um, but if they're going to start doing the going the way of Vampire Diaries. I might have to be done with it because I just, I can't do that. It's just, to me, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm going to wait and I'm going to keep an open mind, Jason. <laughs> well, they went, well, it was one of those things that they went like really big at the end of last season with, you know, the town being overrun by the military and helicopters and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, how do they reset this? And uh, Laurel, what do you think about how they reset it? I think they did as bad as well as they could. Like they sort of, they still to go forward, which I think was probably the biggest challenge they had because they had this very strange situation where dozens upon dozens of dead people coming back and wandering around. And yeah, the government knows about it and all this kind of thing. That's kind of, I mean, that's not an easy cat to put back in the bag. So I kind of like the way they did it with um, more or less hushed up and making everybody think that it's all just collective delusions and people being insane and lies and missing ident or mistaken identities and all that. But that, that there's actually, this is not just something that's totally out of control and no one knows what's going on. There is sort of, there's an overall something. We don't know what it is. We don't know why it is. Yeah, there's there's some sort of overall group that is now whether they knew about it before they know about it now and they've tried to put the genie back in the bottle and right and maintain some sort of order but they yeah they they did it as enough that outside of their you know people are being seen as sort of crazy the thing that sort of bothered me is that they showed some scenes like within the town of you know like the mailman thinking you know not liking the sheriff because you know, right. he, he was, you know, he brought the military in and, you know, and, and 
you know, like this guy, like this mailman that lived in the town. I was like, yeah. there was an, there was enough that happened in the town that pretty much anybody in the town should believe that this actually happened. Right. I mean, but, I, guess it, I guess it depends on how big this town is, first of all. Like, if this is a big enough town where not everybody actually sees what was happening, then maybe. It seems to be a, sort of on this, you know, smaller side where, you know, most people know the sheriff and and all right. that type of stuff that that it seemed that like maybe you could make this overall story be bought in the press outside of town. It just seemed odd that there were people in town that also bought into it, whether they were just buying into it because they didn't want to believe you know, it was just easier to, uh, to buy into the hoax story than the, than what's really going on. Uh, you know, that, that was a little weird, but, uh, but yeah, having this picking up a week later, uh, having this group, uh, you know, led by this, uh, you know, whatever woman that she is, whatever she does, yeah, that, that does something that uh, that knows a lot, uh, yeah, and, and whatnot. That uh, you know, there's an interesting, you know, uh, finding out, you know, a mystery of finding out more about them and what they're doing with all the the people that are not, you know, staying in the town. But yeah. so far, it does seem that what's happening is it's only people from like the, this town that, so it, that it's happening to, but from like all periods of time. Right. One of the things that seems that I thought was very interesting, right, right to the end when she's talking about, it's not like everything is fine as long as they can keep it at manageable levels. Like that this is something like, as long as it's only a few people, I'm worried about this whole, this whole, a lot of people in that's probably not okay and we want to make sure that doesn't happen again so you keep an eye on it i mean like i thought that was pretty good because that sort of implies that there is not necessarily people don't necessarily know what's happening but there's at least something that people recognize as there's like almost a feeling of control to it like it's not (laughs) they can keep the history like the worldwide hysteria down if they can keep this under wraps or in over the course of a couple of decades no big you know but if it's you know the entire town coming back to life all at once that's a problem yeah what did uh <laughs> what did you think of the the major twist of the episode did you did you know that was coming from the opening moments or did you not see it until uh he figured it out at the end i i mean i it was coming at the end of last season when they hinted at it first um in- I would have liked to have been, like, I kind of wish they hadn't hinted as much as they did, so that it was sort of like waiting, just waiting for them to confirm things, as opposed to, oh my goodness. But yeah, it was more of a, I mean, I liked that they did, I liked what they did, I liked how they set it up and everything. I said, the only thing I can think of is maybe it would be awesome to have been more of a surprise, but as it was, I liked it. I thought it was a nice twist for the character. Yeah, I think the parallel of him waking up in the bushes, like the kid woke up in the, in the rice paddy. in the first episode was like too much of a giveaway. Like if you'd have been on the side of the road, maybe or something, right? Uh, maybe you would have, but like, once you, like once he started complaining about, you know, you know, having, uh, having problems, but he didn't have any problems, you know, when the doctor checked him out, uh, right. I it pretty much knew that that was coming uh, oh, yeah. by the end. And but it it made for an interesting thing because we know from he doesn't necessarily know, but we mm-hmm. but we know that he's from there, right? 
I mean, it makes sense though, but they did they because they set it up well. But I mean, the whole thing is he was a baby, like he was a very small, like a baby or a very small child. He wouldn't have known what was going on at all. Somebody would have picked him up, adopted him, none the wiser. Like it makes sense, and that he would never have known about this because why would he? <laughs> But yeah, that I mean, that in, ends up being an interesting thing for. I mean, I wonder if he'll make that connection. Like, you know, this is only happening to people like from here. You know, right. <laughs> does that mean I'm from here at some point? But yeah, yeah I think I thought they they set that up. But it made for an interesting, you know, like a week later, you know, he appeared. It 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 does also bring up the question though: is like, what is the are the, is anybody going to start looking into like the timetable of like when and why, like, how is it like, how is it that, you know, like, uh, the mom shows up and it's been, you know, decades, you know, same as like the, when the son showed up, but yet other people have showed up in much shorter times. He showed up just like a week after, uh, all these things. Well, like in the week after thing, a part of it is, I think once they're back, they're back. Like, it's not. Like it was like the thing with the the um, old girlfriend who committed suicide, the minister's former girlfriend. Like she got killed, and then she was like back. Yeah, <laughs> like, it wasn't like it wasn't like I had to wait another ten years for her to. Sh- she was back, and I think that's part of it. Is like once they're back, it's not like the same time frame anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's. And they like, I mean, in the preview for next week, they did hint that, that, that there were going to be, wait, this has happened before. We just didn't know about it. Whoops. Yeah. Overall, I thought they did pretty much the best they could do because they sort of like went big fast. Like it was such a short yeah. season, such a short season last season right. uh, <laughs> for, you know, only like what, eight episodes in to all of a sudden go to tons of people are coming back and the military's surrounding the town and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then, yeah, that's a big genie to put back in the bottle. Right. And so I guess giving this, you know, bringing out this secret group that, that uh, seems to be sort of like part of the government, but not part of it. Like he said, not part of any part of the government that he's ever heard of or seen or, right. you know, an, an extra, you know, an extra mystery to, uh, to solve. Mm-hmm. But overall, pretty good, I guess. Uh, I enjoyed it. And with that, we'll move on to uh, TV recommendations. And uh, my recommendation is uh, Arrow, season one and two. Season one is out on uh, Netflix now. Season two will be out on Netflix as of the same day that I think it comes out. Really, the same day that uh, season three premieres on TV. But... It's also out on DVD, and uh, we'll have links to where you can all find it. We talked about it uh, last week, but uh, I wanted to mention it again because I've been I've been trying to coincide my picks <laughs> with the previews. So uh, the other option would be the the hundred, like I mentioned earlier too. That would be a good one to catch up with, and much easier to do so because <laughs> you still have uh, almost a month uh, until uh, season two premieres, and there's only thirteen episodes. How about you, Laurel? What is uh, your recommendation this week? Um, my big recommendation is for people with Netflix to basically put aside all of your other plans and do nothing but watch Gilmore Girls until the end of time. Because <laughs> all of Gilmore Girls is showing up on Netflix and there's a distinct possibility that's what I'm going to be doing as soon as that happens. 
because Gilmore Girls is like one of the best shows that's ever aired and everyone should watch it. Um, I do feel that it's fair if you want to stop after season six. You don't have to go all the way to the end. Yeah, I know. I've never watched season seven myself. I have. It's not necessarily what you have to do. I mostly pretend it doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, And that makes me much happier. Or I just skip to the actual finale and pretend that entire season didn't happen. Because that's better for me. Uh, (laughs) As of Wednesday, uh, October 1st anyway. So um, what was my pick was Haven, which is currently airing at season five on sci-fi. And all all of the previous four seasons are also on Netflix, so it's easy. And it's one of those shows that, I mean, it has a solid audience for sci-fi, but it's never been a big, huge breakout hit, which I think is unfortunate because it's a really good show. Very cool twists and all that kind of thing. Very good. It's very classic sci-fi, if that makes any sense. So those would be mine. All right, Liz. Did you happen to have a recommendation? Anything out there you think somebody should uh, check out? Well, you mentioned that it could be something old, right? Uh, Anything TV-related. Yeah. So last week was the 40th anniversary of Bewitched. (laughs) It was. No. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm distracted because I'm having a hard time here. This connection is really super bad, so I apologize. But um, anyway, yeah, 40, 40 year celebration anniversary, no, 50 years of Bewitched. And that was something that I grew up on and something I loved being so interested in anything magical. And which is why I love Once Upon a Time and all that kind of stuff. Is, you know, is that where it all started know, for you, Liz? It's where it started. It was Bewitched. It was Samantha. You got, <laughs> Samantha be, you got bewitched with this type of TV and it never it never ended. I got bewitched. And so, you know, for the shows like Shield and The Flash and all these shows that are um, you know, magical really. They really are. You know, I've got superpowers. Um, it's just my kind of thing. So Remembering the 50th anniversary to me was, I don't know, it was just pretty special. It just brought back some really warm, fuzzy memories. And I just wanted, I don't know, I recommend it to everybody. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Grab the DVD set. That'll do it for for the uh, recommendations. Uh, Real quick, uh, a little bit of... uh listener feedback or some uh, thank yous I'd like to put out there. Uh, thank you to uh, Matt McWilliams for, for uh, leaving your uh, five-star review uh, for the podcast on iTunes. Uh, we will do our best to try and keep up the awesome as you put in your review and uh, to leave a review. We always, always like to uh, hear uh, what you think about the podcast uh, in any form uh, you can always go to tvtimes3.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you directly to our to the podcast page in there where you can uh, uh, leave your thoughts on the on the podcast. I uh, also would like to thank uh, Donna uh, Hankins and uh, Troy L. Kearney for uh, liking us on Facebook. And also, a uh, long list uh, here, or a little bit of a long list, uh, Couch Commandos, uh, The Podcast Digest, Pod Reviewer, uh, Best Pits, Crowd T Podcast, uh, PP Commander, which I'm not sure that I want to know <laughs> what that one actually is. Drew Nick, uh, recent guest host, uh, Anthony Ocasio, 
TV the podcast, uh, Gotham fans, and TV Bachelor for uh, joining us on Twitter. If you uh, ever have a question or a show you'd like uh, you'd like us to cover or anything else, you can always hit us up on Twitter at TV Times Three, or always you can always send feedback to feedback at TV Times Three dot com. And uh, with that, you can find uh, links to the news stories we talked about as well as the recommendations. Uh, you can also just go to uh, straight to Amazon by going to tvtimes3.com slash Amazon. And uh, anything you purchase there, we get a small percentage sent back to us that uh, helps us pay for uh, things like hosting and stuff like that for the podcast. And uh, also you can find where you can find uh, Laurel and Liz uh, online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 244, uh, which uh, we'll have links to... Uh, Nice Girls TV and also uh, Laurel's uh, new new Doc Brown TV blog where she's writing about uh, all her favorite stuff. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Arrow and Flash uh, commentary to come. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, also, and also, you know, a lot of sh- pretty much any show that I like that I happen to have something to say about it. Yeah, it'll probably be there. So most of the shows we've talked about could very well be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next week, uh, Amory will be back with me, and our guest will be Ivy West from ClickClack.com. And uh, we'll be back to a more uh, regular a regular episode where we'll be covering five to seven shows of things that happened in the, you know, the last week that are worth talking about, uh, as opposed to uh, previewing uh, what's coming, as we've been doing for the last few weeks. And uh, we'll close with the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party f- from the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thank you again, Liz and Laurel, for uh, joining me on episode 244. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every day. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.